everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 13. No, I forgot what episodes we watched.、Yeah. Was it 13 and 14? Yeah. A nice, nice, I did it. My heart knew what it was, but my brain said, Do we though? <laughs> you did. You knew what it was. You did perfect. Yes.、Um, I, I think it's making me anxious that we are、uh, like, even remotely approaching the end. We still have a, a decent amount of episodes left, six episodes. And I am still like, when this show is over, we might just have to make this the year of reply, right? Like, we might just have to watch every reply series back to back this year, 2023. Reply 2023. <laughs> we'll rename our podcast so that it's all right in line, branding wise, and we'll just keep watching the reply series. Which is hard because we started with the best one, but also maybe good. Now we can just go downhill and watch, like, still good shows, but not quite as good, so that we when we have to eventually transition back into the world of non reply K dramas, we'll be more ready.、Yeah. Whereas right now, I don't think I can jump from Reply 1988 into anything else. No, we've got to. I, I just can't even imagine watching another drama. Maybe we just watch Reply 1988 over again. There's an idea. Yeah, just. It's Reply 1988 2023, where in 2023 <laughs> we watch Reply 1988 over and over again until we're released from the cycle in 2024. <laughs> That sounds like a good year for us. Yeah. I really like that. I think that'll be enjoyable. Yeah. And then maybe we'll be like a little bit sick of it by the time we're, by the time it's 2024 and we're ready for a new show and we'll be like, we did it the right way. We, we, <laughs> we completed it. We're, we 100% percented 1988, reply 1988. <laughs> I think I could go to another show that had Park Bo Gum in it. I will say maybe he's all I'm hanging on to. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's obviously so much to love about this show, but I think I've made it clear that I'm feral for, like, romance and especially Che Takes romance. So, like,、yeah. give me more of that guy. That boy does romance right because he's just so sweet all the time. He doesn't even have to try to be romantic and he's romantic. Peak. Oh, yeah. I'm. Obsessed, and they gave us nothing for that in these two episodes, except maybe take dying. They were like,、mm, he was in a plane crash. He's, he's dead now. And they were like, they were like, we will not be、um, getting any kind of reaction from Duxun on that. She's、no! hanging out with her friends. So. <laughs> Duxun is gone. She never hears that news. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Do you know what I'm here for? I'm here for that romance. Give me the heart wrenching moment when she thinks he's dead. Right? I wanted, I wanted it almost to be turned into like a moment of comedy, right? Because I like that that was centered on his dad and his dad being able to handle everything except anything that could have possibly threatened his, his boy. Like he's super calm unless it has to do with take or a mouse. Love it. I love、so、it. <laughs> Um, His top two things. Yes. The, the most important things, which is to say mice are important in a bad way and take is important in a good way. <laughs>、uh -huh. um, but、uh, I, I liked that it was centered on that and that relationship and that we got so much of that. That relationship building between Take and his dad. Again, like they can throw that in a million times and I'll still be grateful to see it. But I would have. I would have liked to see maybe, maybe Dexon saw it on TV while she was out with her friends or something and gets home after everyone's calmed down and is being completely normal and she's the one having a meltdown and like no one thought to tell her because she was like out with friends and it's 1988. Oh, that'd be so good. And no one was going to call her about it. 
I just think that that would have been like they could have made it comedy, but like a little bit dramatic. And like she really cares and she was really concerned, but it all turned out. I would have liked to see that missed opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity, and I feel like I couldn't even picture how they could make that funny because it would be so heartbreaking for her. But I think you did it, and I want that scene exactly. But they were like, "No, she is." not here she is not part of this at all insanity insanity why um, is sun Wu on the front lines why is he so involved yeah i'm Come. a little bit sick of sun Wu in these episodes right? why is this so much the sun Wu show like he's good i love he him he's a good boy but he's not main character okay and i am so i think that they've done a really good job of characterizing like a, a kid who's who's like an adult but he's still kind of a kid and he lost his dad not that long ago, and he's not ready for his mom to move on. And everyone's going to kind of be at, at that stage at a different time. But there is a part of me that I think I'm aging out of the time where I can be particularly empathetic toward the struggles of teens and young adults, like very young adults, like not even in your 20s yet. I'm I'm kind of aging out of that time when I can remember what it feels like to not know that your parents are just people, right? Like people uh. that you just love a lot, but like with flaws and needs and they they get the same like Sun Young's friends said, like you get the one life to be happy, so why wouldn't you chase it? And I think that I just can't really empathize with Sun Woo at this point, because a lot of these episodes and his storyline was centered around his struggle to come to terms with his mom possibly moving on. Um, and it was good in that, like, even the dad in his mind, like, even his portrayal of his dad in his mind is like, this is a good thing. I can't be there. I cannot be with your mom oh, when she needs me. me. Yeah, it oh was my God. heartbreaking. And like, so even on some level, he knows it. But it was just hard up until that point, empathizing with him not being okay with uh, Mr. Choi being around, because I just, I, I'm team, his mom deserves any support system she wants, and like any support system that is working for her, and this is working really well, and she deserves to feel loved and protected, and also like she has someone else to care for that's not just and focus on that's not just like her kids including herself right like she deserves to focus on herself and if what she wants is a relationship and a support system with mr Choi, and if it, that's what he wants as well i'm team like don't even hesitate like that's someone to to help your mom while you go and have some romance with bora who's going through some shit too and it just, it's another person who's just, it's just more love, right? It's more love and support in a family unit. And that's so great to me. And so his whole storyline centering around him not quite being ready because he misses his dad. I'm like, that's such a good storyline. It's not even badly portrayed. I'm just having a hard time empathizing with it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I It's hard. It makes me feel guilty because they did such a good job of showing how many aspects there are to this internal struggle of his, where he's, like, both guilty towards his father, and he kind of stepped into that role as his mom's partner in a lot of ways in the household, and now she's stepping back and saying, you're not my number one anymore. You're not the one I turn to when I'm sad, and not the one I turn to when I need something, and... That is being taken away from him, and that's really hard. And also, she's entering a new romance, which is really hard for any kid, like you said, who still sees their parents as just their parent and not as a person yet. And it's, yeah, it's really, really complex, and I think they spent enough time with the story so that even you and I, who have no idea what this could possibly be like, can start to empathize, but they also spent so much time with it that it started to get kind of a drag mm -hmm. and like, oh, we're back to Sun Wu again? Okay. And he's got this new relationship with Bo Ra, 
who's going through a big question, a big internal struggle of her own, but she doesn't get to share that with him because he's so worried about his own stuff. And I think that is a great representation of being in a relationship with a younger person where you're like, we're not always going to share the same struggles. I'm not always going to be able to tell you the things going on in my life because it's not the right time in your life. And that's really hard. That doesn't make for a super healthy relationship just for a short time even. But it's, yeah, it's, you get that frustration for Bora on her behalf of like, she wants to tell you something too. Can you get over your mom's thing for a minute and let Bora have the spotlight yeah. in the relationship? Let her be the sad one. Where it's like, you're the one that pushed so hard for this relationship. Yeah. And you're not giving it the time that it deserves. You're very focused on what, and like, again, rightfully so. It's not that it's, he's completely in the wrong. It's a layered, complicated, nuanced situation. It's just that, I don't know, it's, there's so many times when I'm like, if he was like 25, this would already be solved, right? This would already, (laughs) it would have solved itself. He would have been like, yeah, my mom's a person who needs someone in her life. So I'm like, she's just a human being being like like me. Not as sulky. Like we're on a date right now. So even though I'm really sad about my mom and I'm not over it yet, I'm going to be focused on this date because we only get to see each other once a week. Yeah. Like I, like, I will put my energy when we're together into us and or yes. if I need to talk about something, I'll just like ask you about it instead of sulking until you say, hey, what's wrong? Yes. So, yeah, it's hard. It's It feels not wrong. It feels like they wrote it really, really well, but it's still mm-hmm. frustrating to watch. And you feel so bad for Bora, who's maybe thinking about breaking up with him. Being like, I can't break up with a guy who is being broken up with by his mom right now. Yeah. Like, he's going to be so alone. And misses his dad and, like, has so much going on. And I don't want him to be alone. But I also, all of a sudden, my future has kind of changed. And I deserve to give this a chance if it's what I want to do. Yeah. I think that that's going to build towards their breakup and that she's gonna study for the bar i i did guess wrong i thought her parents were gonna tell her to move out i thought so too go get an apartment near campus and i thought that was so cold to be like we're finally doing well (laughs) get the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was nice because i i assume it's hard like she might live really far from campus and sleep in a room where her sister gets to kind of do whatever she wants whenever she wants because they're both adults. But yeah, it's hard to be like, I can't focus sometimes because there's so much going on at home. Yeah. I live in a neighborhood. I live on a commune and everyone <laughs> is constantly up to something. Uh huh. And I just, if I'm going to focus on the bar exam, it's going to be impossible. I have to move. Yeah. So maybe she still will. I don't know. But I do think she's going to break up with Sunwoo, which is yeah. sad, but not that sad. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm still very lukewarm on the relationship. I like it. They're cute. But I also am not, I don't know. It's not my favorite. And so when, if if they were to break up, I wouldn't be heartbroken over it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't share in their heartbreak. I would be like, no, Bora is prioritizing her future and she deserves to do that. If if she wants to take the, like, study for the bar exam, that's awesome. Yeah, I think lukewarm is a good way to describe it because I really like them together. But when they give any points of conflict, it makes me really uncomfortable. Like, in in a way that I shouldn't be that uncomfortable. Like, when she introduces him to her friends, and oh. you're like, oh, that should be, like, really funny, but it's kind of making me severely uncomfortable. Yeah. And then he engraves his father's necklace with their initials, and I was like, you can't. That made my stomach churn. I was like, you can't do that. You cannot give her your father's last thing. Yeah, I hated that, too. I was just... 
I just couldn't, because he also said, don't be burdened by this. And then he made it, he raised the, he added 50 pounds to the burden, right? He said, here's 100 pounds of burden, and also (laughs) those initials, another 50 pounds. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Carry that with you around your neck all day. It's not just my father's necklace. It's my father's necklace with you and I on it forever. Because we're gonna, th- we're end game, baby. No, that's no. like a proposal gift. That's yes. like a I expect to stay with you forever kind of gift. That is a burden. That is a We've burden. We've been together for a month. This yeah. is a terrible gift for a one month anniversary. We've been together for a month. And you haven't even graduated high school, you dumb baby. (laughs) (laughs) You gigantic moron. This is such a burden. I get this away from me. So yeah, I feel like you're lukewarm on their relationship until anything happens. And then you're like, oh, should they break up? Yep. I wanted them to break up over the this is my brother, because at that point, you're already sabotaging the relationship. You're already, (laughs) you've already lost, right? Because you, first of all, it's friend zone adjacent. Second of all, what are you supposed to do when you're ready to reveal your relationship? Not my brother was my boyfriend the whole time. Uh, not, gotcha. Not just a neighborhood child, but uh, an actual boyfriend of mine. You're like, bro, then don't introduce him as a kid. Like, I don't know. But also, it's one of those moments where you can kind of relate to, or maybe I can a little bit better, where you're just like, she told you to wait at the station, and yeah. you decided to come <laughs> all the way onto her college campus and be like, hey, baby, what's up? Like, the fact that she is still with you is a pretty good sign. Yeah. She is very caring towards you if she did not break up with you right on the spot. He does not respect her position in the relationship very much at all, which is very frustrating because he's been that way since before they even got together. That's another reason to be lukewarm. What if we made this episode of the podcast the actually fuck this relationship? (laughs) It's our own episode of Just Break Up. Yeah. Hi. We want Sunwoo and Bora to just break up. Yeah, they're We're not having a good time. Yeah, they're just red flagging everywhere. They're cute at moments and that's why it's still lukewarm. But overall, they've had a lot of things that make me want to forcefully eject my TV <laughs> from the room so I don't have to keep watching it. It's Very cute when they're at the udon stand spying on the dads having drinks together and they're like, we're about to get caught. We got to be careful. Like, that's very cute, very comical. It is peak comedy when Take walks up to them on the street and it's like, (laughs) what are you guys going to do if you get caught? Like, oh my God. Take is the best character. Take is the best character. And it leads to so many cute sleepovers between Sunwoo and Take. And I love them. They're good brothers. Literally any other part of their relationship is, like, just fine. It's fine. It seems like Bora is a good influence on Sunwoo. She's a good little therapist. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't get to return the favors and also doesn't really respect her boundaries. And there's just a lot that's making me a little bit uncomfy. Yeah, pretty much take is the best part of their relationship at this point. Yeah, <laughs> they really did a thing by inserting take into this relationship <laughs> as well and being like, but would it make take sad or would it take away his little comic relief parts if they broke up? Probably. Don't take it away from take. Da- not Take nothing away from take. He deserves <laughs> every single thing, every moment in the sun. He deserves to win. <laughs> The big competition, and then give his his actual priceless trophy <laughs> as kimchi storage to Duxun's family. <laughs> or was it bean sprout storage? I can't remember what they were about to put in that until Noel was had to call him on it and be like, "And that is literally priceless. That is worth." 
<laughs> hundreds of thousands of won. Please do not use it as food storage, you fools. Can I ask you what was your what was your impression of Duxun's reaction to the pot? Because she was pretty mad about it, and my my impression was that she was mad that he had picked such a large oddly shaped object to bring home. She's like, this probably took half of your luggage. You should have just gotten me a keychain. This is a dumb thing to choose. That's how I read it, too. Like, I would have been much more bothered by it if I had interpreted it as, this is a bad gift. Yeah. But I interpreted it as, it just doesn't make sense. Because she was fine with anything. She said it, too. She was like, I'm just joking. Just get me a keychain or, like, a little towel or something. Whatever they give you. Because I know they gave that out. I've been to the competition before. Uh-huh. So, just whatever. And he, he's like, I don't know. I never see that stuff. My manager knows I don't care. So he's like, <laughs> I got this at the competition. And she was like, I don't know what that is. And that's how I interpreted it as like, okay, this doesn't make sense. What do you mean you got this at the competition? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I think, yeah, mine was along the same lines where she was like, this is a big ass inconvenient jar. How did you even get this back? What is this and why did you give it to me? Not so much an ungrateful thing, just Mm -hmm. a very confused. Like, this is cool. I don't know what it is or why you got it it for me, but it's cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and we'll go with that because we love them, so. (laughs) Yeah, I just want them to be together, so I don't want her to be ungrateful. But confused is fine. It's a weird gift for sure. Yeah, I would be confused. I like it. It's kind of a pretty pot. Yeah. I like the color. And I would display it in my home. 10 out of 10. Enjoy it as a piece of art. But if someone just gave it to me as a teenage girl, if they were just like, (laughs) here's a pot. (laughs) I'd be like, eh? Why? I'll put some bean sprouts in it. Thank you. I will plant a flower in it. And it's like, no, you're not supposed to put stuff in it. Thank you. Thank you. It's oh. ju- it's just to look at or maybe to sell. I don't know. I don't know. You can't really sell it. It's a gift. But it's an expensive gift. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's a really cool prize. I like it better than all the trophies that I got for playing soccer. That was not because I was good at soccer. Maybe that's the difference is like participation trophies suck. <laughs> But uh, just little plastic pieces of garbage. Yeah. No, I don't need I, uh, that. Nobody needs that. I got some debate trophies when I was in high school, and they were also all that, like, plastic. And then, like, there's, like, a column that's also plastic, but they put, like, some kind of shiny iridescent material on it so that it's, Ooh. like, you know. You know the ones? The ch- but they're still only, like, maybe, like, four inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I would recognize it. If I saw it, I'm thinking of a little gold trophy on a little stand that Mm -hmm. says, like, Utah Summer Games participation trophy. Yeah, same thing, same plastic stand, same plastic trophy, but there's a column between the stand and the trophy. And the little trophy. Oh, nice. Yes. To make it debate-themed. Make it tall like a debate trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool vibes. Thank you. I will take a handmade pot. It was crafted in Japan. Okay, that's what I want. I want to go win a a Go tournament. I know, I wish. I wish I was smart. Like like that. Me too. I wish I was smart. I probably would have done a lot different things with my life if I had that (laughs) kind of logical thinking. (laughs) Can I tell you, I was listening to uh, Cal Newport's podcast... Why did I just forget the name? It's called like deep thinking Mm -hmm. or deep questions. And he was talking about how reading sets up your brain for critical thinking, whereas the internet really helps you regress into more primal patterns of thought and behavior. And dang, dang, did that really hit hard. They were like, people who were in high school around 2012 and we're the f- kind of first generation to just everybody have cell phones, really got screwed over. 
in the mental health and being able to critically think department, we had no chance. Yeah. Is 2012 the cutoff? Like, if you were in high school in 2012, was that just the cutoff they said? I just need to know to know if I am in that statistic, because I graduated literally 2011. (laughs) (laughs) They just said 2012 was the year that they started to see massive differences in data on both the amount of people who owned cell phones and the amount of people who were reporting anxiety and depression so well, they I think have that those. is the correlation <laughs> where one might have been causing the other yeah i will say i think that my depression and anxiety is caused by my eight like poorly managed adhd <laughs> like if i'm not on top of my life on top of my adhd adhd will become some other kind of monster um but that said my adhd was probably caused by the internet and growing up like and genetics. Um, my mom didn't grow up with the internet, and she also likely has ADHD. But yeah, that's that's a solid. Yep, that totally makes sense. That if you, <laughs> if you spent a lot of time on the internet during your formative years, you might just you're probably not a lot. You're probably not often logical. <laughs> <laughs> statistically <laughs> so, some of you out there i'm sure are but not me i know i like the big claims that i'm now making on our podcast like if you were alive in 2012 and you're alive now you're probably dumb that's kind of <laughs> what i'm saying just a dummy I, it feels good though right like it feels like <laughs> it feels liberating. like maybe we're all in this together we're all in the yeah. low iq pool together I, that's why i love Dux- duxon because she is she, I'm probably about the same level of intelligence as Jackson, but um, <laughs> she's a better person than me, and I want to be like her. <laughs> I can see a lot of similarities between you and Duxon in that you're very smart, you're very kind, you're very pretty, you're very helpful, you're very like intelligent. But maybe just sitting down and reading books every day, like Bora does, the kind of like focused attention on something that somebody else chooses for you is not your skill set it's not what you're great at it's not there and like that is fine that's not what gets you far in life her other skills are clearly much more important because literally everybody likes her and would do anything for her (laughs) and that's the kind of stuff that gets you far in life is being a good person who is liked by others not being book smart like there are two paths for sure for sure but yeah only two i think is exactly two more of an emphasis on being kind is always going to be a good thing like what if we yeah. emphasized being kind maybe even over being why does there have to be like a competition between the two but if we if there is let's be kind and that's that's why okay so focusing in on Duxon her whole storyline with the class president was yes. so wonderful that is i love like all of the things you had mentioned about Duxon and then also that she's a super super brave person so not only is she super kind but she is like a she's like a brave person who knows how to handle a tough situation and then can switch off the emergency situation and immediately just be like, and nothing happened and don't even worry about it. Do you, can I eat some of the sausages you brought for lunch? Like don't even think twice about it, bro. And I just wish, I think that that is something that I envy because you telling me that I share so many like of the best qualities is the nicest thing. Cause I kind of want to be Duxon now, but specifically <laughs> because I don't think that I was that good of a person when I was a teenager. Right. Like I don't think I, oh, I look back even. And when I was a kid, right. It's, I had the potential and the actual acted on it to be so problematic sometimes. And, and sometimes I just was, and I like to leave space for me to grow and feel like it's okay to have been bad or done like things I'm not proud of at certain points in my life. And those things do not define me. See the most recent episode of Ted Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) But that said, I, I love that Duxon doesn't even have to think about it. She's just the best character. I love her. Yeah, I feel like I still struggle with that as an adult, being 
the kind of person who's like, I would do exactly that in her situation. And knowing in my deepest, darkest heart of hearts, it would be really hard for me to be that brave and see a bunch of people standing in a circle panicking and being like, I'm going to be the one to take charge and intervene in this emergency situation. Like, that's a hard role to take. And I've never had the chance. Like, God forbid I ever do. I hope not. I have never dealt with an emergency situation like what she dealt with. So I have no idea how I would react. And I think I would react as well as her. But God dang, it's just so impressive. And I know at 18, it would not have... If I was her, it would not have been an impressive situation. I would have joined that crowd and been like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, what do we do? <laughs> but I feel like that whole storyline was, I, I thought it was going to go in the direction of what we were just talking about, where there's either people who are really nice and don't study well, or really mean and do study well, where I thought the class president's mom was going to yell at Duck Son about asking the class president to tutor her and be oh, like, because yeah. I think we've seen that in K-dramas before where the mom goes, my daughter is getting into Seoul National University and you need to not distract her with trying to tutor you when she's got her own studies to focus on. Don't ever pull that crap again. You get your own tutor if you if you need it. Like that sort of evil conversation. Yeah. That we've seen a lot of times before and they were like, "No, this is reply 1988. We're going to do a good thing here." Yeah, and, and realistic, right? Where yeah. it's like it's so realistic that a mom would she's not even thinking about that. She's just thinking about like how scared she is that her daughter has this condition that can come up at any time and no one knows how to handle it because it's not the age of the internet. We don't all, we can't all just in less than 10 seconds Google what to do if someone starts having a seizure. Someone needs to be educated about it. And so I love that there was like a, there was like such a through line and it felt realistic. Like it felt so much more realistic than, yeah, the like, mom showing up and being like, don't distract my daughter. But just a mom being a mom. <laughs> and like, yeah. And teenagers being teenagers. Oh, it was so good. This show always exceeds my expectations for its ability to be warm and kind and realistic. It It's one of those shows you the best of humanity kind of shows in in a very unassuming not in like a big grand gesture i mean it's sort of grand right because it's still a k-drama but it's not like they're out here saving the world they're just like living their lives and yeah and they're good i feel like good. another moment where they did that was the very first scenes in episode 13 where a guy comes up to Duck Sun after a concert and he's like, Hey, do you remember me? We should, we should chat sometime. And she's like, Oh, sure. And it's like this very cute, awkward, flirty moment between them. And K dramas, I think I wrote in my notes that K dramas have polluted my mind to think that anytime a nice guy flirts with a female lead, he's trying to do something evil. He's got terrible ulterior motives yeah. and he's going to hurt her <laughs> so i was waiting for that bathroom scene with jung Hwan where the two guys are talking for our cute i forget the character's name but the cameo is jung Hae-in, who we know from while you're sleeping he as was Raquel helpfully pointed out our boy Wu talk <laughs> while you're sleeping <laughs> where he's just like very pure, very normal. Like, yeah, I had a big crush on her. Isn't she so cute? Isn't she just the best? And his friend's like, no, not really. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And then Jung Hwan just gets a little bit jealous. And they never come up again. It's not a thing. But that's even better. That's yes. so realistic. Yeah, it was just like a normal interaction where he was like, can I call you? And she was like, yes. And then, you know, it doesn't really happen because that's not the point. The point was that she was with Jung Jung Hwan, and she ran into this guy that had a crush. Like, it was all kind of just a quiet moment, and 
I was so grateful, yes, also, that it wasn't, like, his friend being like, ah, she wasn't that cute, and then him going back on it. He doubles down, He because do- he's a good boy, and so he doubles down, yeah. and he's like, no, she's super cute. Right? I think his friend's, he's like, isn't she pretty? And his friend's like, no, and he's like, well, she's cute, and his friend's like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so realistic and so sweet, but just subtle. It's not, it's not a K-drama thing it's not this moment that starts an arc where this terrible guy comes into duck son's life and all the other guys in her life have to protect her yeah it's just there it's just a thing and it's really cute also the conversation that she had with dong ron i always say his name so weird it's It's it's, so hard it's tough to like roll that r off your tongue um, in the correct way. Uh, so I'm so sorry for butchering that just now. But he, uh, the conversation he had with her where he was like, you're kind of being a child about not being liked. <laughs> what you could do instead is focus on that, that everyone has preferences. What do you want? Like, oh my God, this boy. Yeah, I get it. I get why they call him the counselor. He's very good. New favorite character for that moment alone. Yeah. He's yeah. solved all of K-drama love triangles forever. Yeah, where it's like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about whether or not someone else likes you. I mean, obviously, like, consent is a thing, but, like, just kind of focus on what you want. <laughs> yeah, don't let it drive you crazy thinking about whether someone else likes you or not. Just think about who you like and let that make you happy and drive your emotions and your decisions how about that? And she's like, literally, it's not occurred to me. It hasn't, I haven't <laughs> thought about who I might like. This is the first time I've ever, ever had to think about this. So I guess thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> oh, and they always bring in the comedy where she's like, does anybody like me? And he's like, take over there. Is that take? And she's like, Wait, where? <laughs> He's like, oh, I must have mistaken something. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's hilarious. (laughs) He's so good. And also, I just can't imagine being him and having all of these people in the palms of your hands. So much power. So much power. It's, I wouldn't be able to help myself. I would stir that pot. Yeah. Yeah, because he's so good at, he's like, he's like the social engineering guy in the group. He's like... I know how to talk to people. I will say, I feel like every week I'm like, you know who reminds me of uh, your husband when he was a kid? And then I pick a different <laughs> guy uh, from the group. Uh, this week it's it's um, Dong Rong because he, uh, Jason was always very good at that when we were like, he was very good at like, especially as we started becoming teenagers, he was very thoughtful of like, of people, but he also, like, could kind of use that, not for evil, but to, like, like, switch up a situation where he would, like, analyze someone and how they would react to a situation, and then if he wanted to do something, he would just present it in a way that was, like, more exciting for that person, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, a really good example, but, like, him just, like, knowing how someone would react to, like, Going and playing Dungeons and Dragons versus, like, how someone would react to, like, going to, like, the comic book shop for something else. and But then, like, also Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not doing very good at this. But he was always very good at, like, like laying out a plan in a way that, like, benefits everyone. But, but very specifically, like, like, how can we make this work with everyone's personalities? No, that's totally, like, obviously this is very anecdotal and only shows how well he knew me, but we were on a date. We'd only been dating for a couple months, and we were just on a walk, and he was describing Dungeons and Dragons to me, and he was like, you can do anything. You can, anything you can imagine, you can do. So you could be in Disneyland fighting off hordes of zombies, like your own little Zombieland movie but you're playing it, you're in it. And I was like, that sounds dope. Two things I love, horror and Disneyland. (laughs) Put me in this game. I don't know what it is, but I'm in. And like, that's, yeah, that's something he's so good at is being like, I know things you like. I know how to get you into things I like. And uh, let's vibe. Yeah, yep. 
And I know he's done it to me, too. I couldn't even name a time, right? Like, I, I couldn't name a time, but there have been so many moments where I'm like, I wonder if Jason, like, a- is actively, like, socially engineering <laughs> me, or if it's just that we've been best friends for so long that it just comes naturally to him that he's like... Uh, he'll just bring something up, and I'm like, "All right, sold. I'm done. I got. I've I've already <laughs> bought it. I clicked buy." <laughs> you said you're in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing because you're doing it. Yeah. But also maybe because you just convinced me to do it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. I never thought about it that way. Wow, my husband is similar in some ways. I was gonna say yeah. he's just like Dong Neong, but like not really. Yeah. I feel like Dong Neong is, he has a lot of facets to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very faceted character. He's not like Jason in all ways, but there are certain ways where I'm like, ah, yes, I see it. And then there's other ways where, like, Take or Sunwoo will do something very Jason-ish, and I'm like, ah, it's nostalgic because it reminds me of growing up with my best friend across the street. Oh, it's so cute. I love these kids. They're good. Mm, I'm trying to think if there. Do you have more notes that you can talk about? Because I've just been going all on vibes, and I'm out of things right? to say. But I wouldn't be if there probably if there was something that came up that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'll give you another one, which is Jongbong and Miok. Oh. They get their their little get together. He visits her at the hospital, and then they go on a date. I liked the visit to the hospital. I thought that was cute. I liked that the nurse Very had to cute. intervene. I thought. That was really sweet. I um, love her. She's our bus stop girl. She's the bus stop girl. I had the same thought. She, we've already <laughs> decided. I think there was someone else in another episode at some point that we were like, they're the bus stop girl, and I do not remember. Cause... It might have been the hotel guy. Oh, it was. Yeah. This hotel. Yeah. There's so many good people, and I hate it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They've they've brought out the best in even the most like tertiary of characters. <laughs> yes. Um, but for their date with the misunderstanding, I thought it was a very good illustration of like, it's the 80s. You can't just text someone and be like, I'm upstairs. This is why people meet at the house um, and go to the place together in the 80s and 90s uh, and, and before that, because they couldn't just sync up once they got there. You have to be like completely crystal clear on where you're going to be or you have to leave together. And so, yeah, that it was, like, sad, except it got to a point where it was going on for so long of them missing each other. I, I did – it's the first time I've had to, like, 10 seconds skip through a scene yeah, in this show. Did it. I didn't like it. I, it made me sad because I was like, they're not going to – it's going to be a misconnection. It was really, really long. And it was so dramatic. It was, again, perfectly written for a teenager to be, like, freaking out in the back of the cab because – like, her date's still waiting for her at the place that she left. And the cab driver just awkwardly being like, I'll play some music. <laughs> um, that was immaculately written. It was just that one scene where, like, they're waiting in different spots of the same place so many different times. And it went on for so long. It went on for us. I know it was at least 40 seconds because I hit 10 seconds skip four times. Whoa! So yeah, it was really, really long. It was hard to watch. Yeah, because it's just sad, and you're waiting for it to end one way or the other, and they really just keep it going. Mm-hmm. They keep you in the dark. What's it gonna be? I think that was nostalgia for somebody somewhere, and that's who they were doing it for. They were yeah. like, somebody has been on this type of date before, and we just want you to know they were there. They were waiting for you. You just missed each other. Yeah feel better (laughs) but the yeah the finale was good they did meet they kissed very cute i think the best part of all of that by far was jongbong playing dress up and getting to see him in all the different suits it was so cute that i liked the canadian tuxedo outfit i I thought it was a canadian tuxedo i wanted him to go with that i i think a canadian tuxedo is a timeless classic you can wear it in 1988 and you can wear it in 2023 and it's still stylish as hell yeah i like what he picked but i i like a little flair a little thinking outside the box and i think that's what a canadian tuxedo is it's a Mm -hmm. little bit different 
It is. I did also like the orange suit. I didn't like that it was a three-piece suit. I think I would have gone for a different colored vest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the rest of it, the bold-ass hat and the the rust-colored suit, perfect. I but loved also- the look. It felt overdressed, but I loved the yeah. I love a rust colored suit. I like the color rust. <laughs> I like the color rust. I used to hate it so much when I was in high school. I was like, that is the worst color <laughs> by far. Like there were these really cool souvenir t-shirts in southern Utah that were made that were dyed with rust from the Red Rocks all around us. Very iconic, cool souvenir t-shirt. I was like, they're so ugly because they're rust colored. (laughs) Now I would die for rust. I'm so into it. You would die for dyed rust. Rust die. You would. I would die for rust, and I would rust die. (laughs) (laughs) I would die for rust and with rust. Okay, (laughs) I just love it. It's so good. It's a peak color. So Mm -hmm. yeah, a little overdressed, but I loved that suit. Yeah, yeah, it looked really good. I loved his dress up. I just love Jung Bong. He's a he's also a very good he's an elite character in this show. He is. I was gonna say, I feel like seeing him dressed up did give us just a little glimpse of his real life glamour. Where you sent me a picture of him a couple weeks ago that's like, this dude is handsome. Yes. Very good looking guy. And you get to see that when he's when he's all dressed up in his nice suits and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, there it is. There it is. It's not that they de-80s'd him, they just, like, de-nerd-80s'd him. I don't know, nerds can be pretty darn cute, too, though. I'm a big... I'm yeah. A, I'm into nerds. <laughs> yeah. But just the the long-sleeve ratty shirt tucked into sweatpants is, like, it's bold. Only mm-hmm. Take can pull it off. Only Take can pull it off and look, like, effortlessly um, handsome, but there were some... Jung Bong was pulling off some looks. He was serving. He was. Yes. Now I'm thinking about Jung Hwan's, like, pajama sweatpants look, because he at one point goes straight from desk to bed, and he's got, like, this really nice black knit turtleneck. Yes, I bought that sweater, like, a week ago. (laughs) I sent you a picture of it. Yeah! I didn't... It was before I saw this, so... Like, and would you ever think, like, that's my sleepwear now? Because that's not my no that that to me is like a going out look. Yeah, Jung no, Hwan I would do both. casual wearing my peak looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's casual. He's studying and then sleeping in a peak look. I know I'm going to be wearing that that pullover out depending on how comfy it is. Though I may also be sleeping in it. Being working a remote job has changed me as a person. I am absolutely <laughs> a goblin. I wore. This hoodie that I'm wearing now um, to our friend's house last night and then into bed and then I woke up (laughs) and I kept wearing it. It, Happy Memorial Day. (laughs) (laughs) The memorial is this sweater. I'm going to wear it into memoriam. Yep. (laughs) I will be buried in this sweater. (laughs) I Yeah, I am aware that it's not great. I am... Again, I'm I'm just gonna admit it. We're all we're all friends here, right? Are we still too. friends? A lot of it was in the pre or in the pre chat. Okay, so okay. only our Patreon subscribers know how many times I've said it. <laughs> Ooh. It's yeah, we're all friends here. It's fine. And I think that's fine. I do the opposite where I only wear something for like three to five hours at a time because I don't work at all. So I can change as many times a day as I want. And then (laughs) I never have to wash my clothes because I don't wear them for that long. It's hard to tell how many hours it's actually been worn. He just keeps changing it up, changing it up. I've worn this like six times, but I think for only a cumulative three hours. So It's not dirty yet. (laughs) You just go by the smell test. And that's when your clothes really need to be washed. Yep. Oh, Haha, <laughs> I didn't wear this to my friend's house last night, and I know because I forgot to put on deodorant last night, and I had to get in the shower when I got home from my friend's house. Oh, no. Yeah. Ugh. Why did I admit that on the podcast? Because you don't smell bad, and it's really obnoxious. I smelled pretty bad last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was so- You never it smell was- when you sweat. 
Yeah. Even Craig was like, you do smell a little bit. And I was like, thank you for telling me. I will be horrified for the rest of the night, though. That that does not change. But continue telling me the truth, because I need to hear it so that I never forget to wear deodorant again. (laughs) It's a good system, but that hurts. That hurts to hear. Yeah, but thank you, because it's good to know that all the other times that I've forgotten to wear deodorant, it was not as apparent. Yeah, it was a really big thing when we were in college and we would exercise together. You would never smell, and it it bothered me. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know how. (laughs) I've been a god. I think, actually, I blame it on remote work. I've been a goblin my whole life. I was born a goblin. (laughs) (laughs) But it never mattered. It's never had any consequences. (laughs) Until last night. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that we haven't talked about, but I'm good with wrapping up here. Yeah, let's let's go watch more episodes of this show. I can't get enough, and simultaneously I'm dreading it ending. So Right? Ooh. <sighs> I just want to live here forever. Okay. If you have any fun little things to let us know, you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or if you want to check out our website, um, where we have our links to our affiliates, our episodes, signing up for our newsletter, that's playonkpodcast.com. Yeah, we also have a Patreon. There's a link on our website, or you can just go to patreon.com slash playonk, and there you can find all of our extended, super long episodes, or notes on the episodes. We'll set up watch parties pretty soon cool stuff on there. It's just a great way to support our show. Thank you so much to everyone who is on our Patreon. It keeps the lights on, keeps this show going. Yeah. And if you want to join us, that's where you do it. Yeah. I do have to correct myself really quick. I said our website is playonkpodcast.com. It's playonk.com. Um, if you have time instead of money that you want to support us with, um, instead, you can review us anywhere you listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Those five-star reviews really help us out. They help other K-Drama Podcast listeners find us. Yeah, we are on Instagram at Podcast, on Twitter at PlayOnK, or on TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily. Yeah, and uh, is that... Did we do them all? I think so. Join us next week for our next two episodes of Reply 1988. Okay, bye! Okay, bye! Bye-bye.